Welcome to WROL Broadcast, the unofficial podcast for DC Legends. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Here are your hosts. Take it away, Kage. Starting the recording. All right. Welcome to the WRL Broadcast. Uh, This is Kage. I have not been on the show in a while, except for the monthly tier list. And we have Zubaz, who is always on the Burger Shacks now, huh? Yeah, uh, it's sort of my uh, monthly WRLO appearance, but uh, we're back for another one this this month. So uh, I guess that makes sense because I actually really like this month. So I'm happy to talk about it. What do you uh, like specifically about this month? Is it just King Shark or do you genuinely enjoy like Suicide Squad characters? Uh, like all four characters I thought were really good. Uh, I uh-huh. thought... I thought both reworks were were obviously massive improvements. I like both new characters. Um, you know, I even like the the events that they gave us, like the um, the Bloodsport event and the uh, uh, Suicide Squad Deadshot event at the end of the month. I'm looking forward to. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought they just did a pretty good job putting together August. Yeah, um, you're like the only one in Owl Chat who talks about Suicide Squad and Star Girl. Um, and like nobody ever talked about Stargirl or any of the lore behind it, I guess, right? So. Yeah, not not too much. Um, I, you know, I know that the show is not particularly uh, tremendously popular, and uh, you know, I think there there was a lot of chatter about the Suicide Squad movie when it came out. But you know, I think that they like they had two options um, in terms of what they wanted to do, and rather than go full on for either one of them they just kind of split their attention a little bit uh and i I think it worked out well for them yeah yeah uh that you're right it did it it did work out for them and i low-key want to like talk about the politics behind suicide squad but (laughs) that's probably not gonna get any clicks um but you know you're probably like the you and probably one other person probably understands like the uh, political analysis behind that movie and when i bring up politics people think oh they're just you know bringing in lgbt characters like no dude it's more there's more politics than you know your social issues but uh, yeah yeah i mean my, my only comment to that would say is uh you know if you if you don't think that there's politics involved in in comics not just comic books not just comic movies or anything but just the whole comic universe starting way back when it was like a radio program uh then then you're not really you're 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 deliberately avoiding it uh is what i would say right because media since like the dawn of time has just been an expression of like uh human frustration right and that human frustration uh i guess uh translates itself through storytelling through analysis through through theory uh, all kinds of things. So, um, comics has just been a, a medium that has, uh, you know, been a big commentator on like social and uh, political issues. Yeah, always, always has been, and always will be. Uh, that out of the way, uh, let's talk about Bloodsport. I know you were on the Burger Shack talking about the Bloodsport um, kit. And uh, Berger gave his analysis, and, you know, we're about three-quarters of the way through the month. Um, Today's the 20th. Um, This will probably release on the 22nd or uh, 3rd. Uh, 
what's your take on Bloodsport's kit? Do you have enough higher rank now to give it a full assessment? Do you have any thoughts that kind of contradict Berger? Um, I'd have to go back and review kind of exactly what he said. I, I know that when, when he was initially playing with both of those characters, he said that he liked Bloodsport more. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know that I would necessarily state a preference for either one of them based on their kit. Uh, you know, obviously, everybody kind of knows that that I'm a big King Shark fan, and I've already taken him to Rebirth Four. So, so my my uh, obvious bias aside, um, I I do I, I have uh, Bloodsport at at L four, you know, gear eighty, level eleven now, and um, uh, I've I've enjoyed using him all month. Um, I you know I usually don't play Siege at the at the upper tier uh, that much. I think this is only the third time that I've ever participated kind of at the highest level um and so you know you get a different perspective on on how the tunes work and and how useful they are um and i have found Bloodsport to be particularly useful for several reasons um and uh you know we can we can kind of get into how that works and and how he works but but yeah i, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him and you know this this podcast will probably come out before his second event and what i would say is like if you haven't taken time to get the shards you should probably get the blood sport shards because he's he's going to be useful for a while i think so what do you like most about his kit i imagine it's probably the aoe right aoe is definitely the go-to um you know without exposing too much uh i would highly recommend using his aoe and taking that legendary skill first um because uh let's just say it, it feels like it it triggers more than 50 percent of the time <laughs> and uh one you know it's 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 a really useful way because it is uh it's a targeted aoe it's one of those you know that that new mechanic that they've ever had since kilowog came out um and that can circumvent a taunter uh, is is really big, and so one of the the more common uh, in siege, one of the more common things that you'll see because of the siege bonus tunes this month was running Clayface and Spectre in the same lineup, and because of what Spectre is and what he can do, you you have to kill Spectre first, or most of the time you want to kill Spectre first, but he's hidden behind a Clayface, and so then you use your Spectre and you purge their clay face but that doesn't help you because every other tune is still invisible that's when you use blood sport use his aoe have the target be specter and most of the time 50 percent or more of the time it will clear all of his buffs and uh now all of a sudden he's open for for target practice basically mm, that's a pretty useful tech uh, and it's only on like a two or three turn cooldown so you can uh, certainly use that every now and then just to clear out his awareness stack too, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, I would say most of the time matches tend to be over by the second time you would get his AOE. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I, I do think it's it's a really effective way to just get around Clayface. But outside of this siege, you know, that will work. It'll be an effective way to get to him around a Harley, for instance, um, you know, that kind of thing. And that AOE, because he's invisible all the time, the damage on it doesn't miss. Um, so it's a it's a really, really good move right now. 
Okay. Um, so that's, yeah. So I really like that. Um, the, the other move that I really enjoy of his is his two skill. Um, but, but probably not for the reason you think. So it's not the bleeds. Not the bleeds. Um, and the reason I say that is, well, okay, it is the bleeds, but it's not because they're bleeds. Uh, the reason I like that skill a lot is because it just provides, you know, with the legendary upgrade, if you take the heal immunity, it, it provides nine debuffs. And it doesn't matter to me what those debuffs are. It just matters that they are debuffs. So they could be eight affinity resist downs for all I care. The The important part of it is this month with the two reworks, Spectre and Stargirl, they introduced two very powerful tunes who have the ability to self-purge when they get to their turn. And probably the most common way to deal with a lot of these really high-powered tunes is to stun them. But you can't stun Spectre. You can't stun star girl just like you can't stun wonder girl and you can't stun artemis because when they get to their turn even if they're stunned their passive clears it first mm-hmm. unless they are covered in debuffs so exactly. if specter has eight debuffs and then a stun on top of it he can only clear two of them you know like and so so you increase the odds that the stun that you put on him actually sticks uh and when you do it nine times it's almost guaranteed that your stun is going to stick at that point. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it's great that it's it, it's great that they're bleeds. It's nice that if they do stick, it, it does damage. Great, uh, but in general, just just showering enemies in debuffs is to me that's the best way to handle Spectre, and it's it's the best way to handle a lot of tunes, I think. Yeah, that is uh, that is a very interesting point, and I noticed that as well. Um, you know, as soon as you load up Spectre with with uh, debuffs, he's not waking up from a from a stun, so he can't really attack your team. So, right, at least it neutralizes him. Um, anything else about his kit that sticks out to you? Uh, any synergies that you like, uh, or do you think he's pretty plug and play? Uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm, he's necessarily plug and play. I, you, you you need to give him speed. Uh, that's his one downside is he's very slow. And you need to put him on teams that will get him turn meter in some fashion or another. Um, I do think that I might have made a mistake in the the legendaries that I took for him. Um, like I, I took his two, three, four, five, and uh, I skipped his one because overall I don't think it's particularly helpful to apply one hit chance up to yourself uh, when you do your basic. But uh, in looking back, he, he does pair really well with Lex. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, Lex, an extremely farmable tune that's available to all levels of the game. Bloodsport, by having just a single buff on his basic, immediately makes an entire Lex team better. Um, and so, you know, I think looking back, because I did use Lex once or twice this siege, uh, I think that would have been helpful uh in in really just buffing up the whole team because you get that one little buff gotcha yeah yeah that i i'm looking at back at that kit now and i'm thinking it's uh pretty weird that they gave him a hit chance up and not like any other thing like a strength up or crit up but you know yeah it's it's a little strange um you know they want to increase his his ability to actually land stuff and maybe you know they want to make sure that he lands the stun um, I actually, I don't think that the 80% chance on his basic for a stun, I don't think it's as high as that, or I'm just having a particularly bad RNG. 
Um, the other thing to to note, if you're looking at his kit, the the hit chance ups that it, in his uh, first passive that it says three hit chance up on a random ally. Um, I think that what they actually mean is three hit chance ups to random allies, because um, I th- it based on playing with him, it appears that those hit chance get spread out or they can get spread out. Um, you know, it might be three three on one ally, but it might also be two and one or, or some other configuration. Okay. Now let's take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. Become a Patreon today and get special perks like Patreon-only episodes, early reviews, and content based on your requests. Just go to patreon.com forward slash W-R-O-L broadcast. And now back to the show. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for that. Um, let's move on to Stargirl, uh, the other green. Uh, she's not, I don't know if it's because like, she's not really moving the needle in the meta or if that she's just getting overshadowed by Spectre. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but not a lot of people are buzzing about her, but I think her kid is actually pretty good. What do you, what are your thoughts? I agree. About? I, I agree, and I, I do think in any other month uh, outside of the, the Spectre rework that we got, uh, I, I think she'd be huge. Um, mm-hmm. Her her synergy with Lex gives you an almost unbeatable team uh, on defense. Like It allows you to set up whatever you want very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you didn't talk about her kit on the Burger Shack but um, let's just run through her kit real quick. Um, basic is damage to an enemy, apply for strength down, 60% chance to use it again. Uh, star field, star force field is what actually this ability that I really like. Crit immunity to all allies, 75% shield. Um, and then purge two debuffs from all allies, 50% termeter to self. And then she got the AOE, damage to all enemies, 60% chance to gain damage immunity. That damage immunity comes in clutch. Um, I gotta say, real useful. Even on defense, when you see an Azrael across the board, you can just attack that Stargirl's damage immunity, kind of prevent his passes from proccing. Uh, 75% additional damage and three crit chance down to enemies. So if they're, if your reds aren't getting killed, uh, they get the crit chance down, so that's nice. Uh, passive ability, the end of each enemy's turn, five strength ups into strength downs, ignores immunities. And then there's the 50% chance to gain three crit chance ups. And then finally, her final passive is a uh, each time an enemy gains a buff in their turn, 80% chance for Stargirl to gain two strength ups and 25% turn meter up. Uh, at the beginning of Stargirl's turn, purge three debuffs on her. So uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, you know, I think her two skill might be the single best defensive move in the entire game. Um, I, you know, there's probably some argument to be had, but but not good ones. Um, 75% shield to the entire team is massive. Uh, critical immunity two turns is almost as important um, for two reasons. One, you do get that buff. So when you do use her with Lex Luthor, you've now overhealed and shielded the team uh but two that that two turn crit immunity is really big when you've got a bunch of new tunes specter blackfire a couple others who are hitting under shields 
And so, yeah, you might be at 100% shield because that's how, how good she is. But if they're hitting under it, it doesn't matter. That's where the crit immunity comes in and can really protect you from like a Spectre AoE or something like that. Um, or, or even just his basic when he's hitting under shields. Um, the purge is fine. Who cares about that? But the 50% turn meter up to self is also really good because um, she's a, she's really fast. She's, you know, you didn't mention her stats, but her speed is really high. And that combined with her 50% turn meter up when she does that, the turn meter up that she gets from Lex and any turn meter that she gets every time an enemy buffs is she takes a ton of turns and that two skill, which is like important, uh, you cycle through the cooldown very, very quickly. So right. I think she's really, really good to have on defense. Oh, for sure. She's been also kind of a pain to take down on defense, too, because uh, you're getting ready to kill a Spectre, right? Um, and this has happened a million times for me. Spectre is, like, at the edge of dying. He's got that healing AD on. And I just need one more hit to clear him off the board and not worry about him. But you know what? Stargirl takes a turn. She puts, uh, she takes off, she clears the heal immunity, gives him a shield and a crit immunity. So now, now I'm fighting the battle uphill now. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> so really annoying, Re- really annoying defensive character. Um, I don't think she neutralizes Azrael that much, but as a utility character in general, she fits in a lot of teams and uh, can set up a lot of certain defensive play styles yeah and you know everybody for now over a year basically has been looking for that one Azrael counter and so far it looks like it just hasn't come uh Mm -hmm. she comes the closest though i would say um Mm -hmm. not only because the crit immunity you know makes him hit a little bit less her her passive i just i think they just didn't go far enough with it you know like i they they only did the up to 5 which unfortunately does mean between 0 and 5 for the devs for some reason um you know i think they could have gone as many as 10 and Azrael would still be an issue because he gains like 30 strength up sometimes um <laughs> so so that being said you know like he there i have been able to use her effectively uh to shut him down just not quite as well as you you would hope or you would think um but it was good right. that they you know at least have this new mechanic of ignore uh immunity that's something that we haven't seen before and hopefully that's something that they can bring out a little bit more as we keep getting so many characters with debuff immunity oh yeah for sure and you know um i think it was a good effort uh very valiant effort to Try to make Stargirl. I think people have been tr- trying to talk about a Stargirl rework that potentially does the stated goal. But, you know, I think we're just going to have to keep looking and maybe bear in mind that Azrael's here to stay in the meta and there's <laughs> not much we can do. <laughs> you know, yeah, you I mean, honestly, the, you know, Spectre shuts down Azrael a little bit better than, than Stargirl does, unfortunately. But uh, at least sure. we have somebody that can, so. Yeah, but Spectre, I think, shuts down every character at this point. Right. Like, not even Shiva can one v one him. She gets stunned and it's game over. Like yeah, I mean I I have used Spectre to shut down Azrael. I was uh, you know mentioning the other day that I had a one v three. It was Spectre versus Barda, Azrael, and Cassie Kane, and uh, Spectre Spectre got the win. So <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be an issue in the long run. Um, yeah. But I guess that remains to be seen, right? 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think, you know, step one is to just fix the very basic things in his kit. Like, you know, he shouldn't necessarily be doing a lot of stuff when he's stunned. Um, but once we get those things fixed, it'll be interesting to see if he's still as o- overpowered as he seems like he might be. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to cover for this podcast. I, I mean, I don't even get a lot of followers anymore. I think Tootie kind of took up the uh, podcast space. <laughs> um, I think my niche at this point is just politics, since that's pretty much the brain cancer of my brain. <laughs> You know, something um, political about these characters, Um, you know, Bloodsport, who was a draft dodger that then his brother went in his place and (laughs) lost his arms and legs that uh, then sent Bloodsport into a tailspin around uh, Canadian psychiatric institutions uh, that then turned him into basically thinking he has PTSD for a war he was never in. Um, uh There's nothing political (laughs) about that whatsoever. Um, so, you know, it's best to, to just, to, you know, if you're only going to do politics, then, then comics maybe isn't for you. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I read comics to escape the political world. I have Fox news on all day. (laughs) I don't want any more of Fox news dividing my life. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for coming on Zubaz. I'll send this up to boss man. You know, maybe he'll get a chuckle. Maybe he'll listen. Maybe he won't. I doubt it. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see. There's going to be a long bleep section at the beginning and end of the whole podcast. <laughs> I'm getting canceled by my own boss. Yep. <laughs> that's the, that's the real workers, uh, suppression right there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. It was All right. You can throw away money on GME amc or bb or you can toss your money in the dumpster by becoming a patreon become a patreon today and get special perks like patreon only episodes early reviews and content based on your requests just go to patreon.com forward slash w-r-o-l broadcast